Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Friday, December 23rd. Ian Cameron, for now, with you. Um, there is a huge winter storm whipping through the area in a lot of places. That's why two of the games, by the way, tonight have been canceled. Uh, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa, because of weather issues. And my power's been going in and out all day. So if I'm gone at some point during this show, you know why. Uh, but hopefully we hang in there and we can get through this next hour or so. On this final edition of the Ice Guys before the Christmas break, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and we've got Melissa Cunningham, one of our favorites in the Ice Guys community, joining us. Melissa, thanks to, uh, for being with us today. Great to have you here. Yeah, and I'm also on my cell phone right now because my internet just went out. Like, I don't know what's going on lately, but um, hopefully my connection will be okay here on my phone. But thanks so much for having me. You guys are my favorite show that puts me through my work day i will say so appreciate you put you having me back on again yeah we appreciate that and we're glad we can get through help people get through their work days and we've, we've heard that a lot that you helped me get through a long day at work i think you're you're just one of like 10 people i've heard say that so yeah. we we are glad that we make the work day a little bit easier for everybody uh, out there how can it not be easier when you hear Hockey talk. It's going to make well, anyone. How can that be easier when we hear yeah. Skinner? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and all my uh, stupid cornball sayings. Yeah, life's not complete without hearing some of those. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, singing at a moment's notice and all the shit that I do. Oh, man. Sometimes yeah. uh, I, I'm glad people like it because I'm start. people are thinking, are you nuts sometimes when they hear me do what I'm doing on this show? But nevertheless, I'm glad people get a kick out of it and enjoy it. Um, and by the way, early Merry Christmas, obviously, to everybody that watches the show. Uh, we appreciate you guys being with us all year round, every single day, many of you, and we thank you for that. Alex, are you ready for Christmas? And more importantly, are you ready for this huge Friday slate, the final one before the break? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm, it's unfortunate you guys are getting hit with the storm that was supposed to be you know, crippling us. We only got two inches of snow, but now it's like 35 below with the wind chills, super breezy, just uh, you know, insanity. But it's wintertime. You're supposed to expect that. We're definitely going to have a white Christmas. That is uh, the lock of <laughs> the holiday for sure. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. You know, we always talk about how this and the end – well, in previous years, the pre-Thanksgiving, uh, uh, you know, break games. Always high scoring. Always sometimes, you know, a lot of craziness involved. Try to stay away from those huge favorites. You see a lot of upsets. A lot of games go to overtime. A lot of, you know – Cases where you have two bad teams just roll the puck out and they just kind of you know play for exercise, uh, a phrase you like to use uh, usually later in the season. But I got one of those on my card tonight. Yeah, there's a lot of variables in this card, and that's what makes this so exciting. It's almost like a, a reset, like a like opening night kind of feel. Uh, you can't really go by you know every trend uh, that we've seen in the last couple of weeks when you have these games before these breaks. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, you're right. I think the trend, especially the last time we had a full slate before Christmas, which was, I think, a couple of years ago, because remember yeah. last year we had so many postponements leading into Christmas right. uh, last year. So I think it was two, three years ago, and there were a lot of high scoring games right before the Christmas break. So we'll see if that continues. And it was more of an overnight than an undernight last night 
as well in the NHL. So uh, keep that in mind. So uh, high scoring. And I mentioned on the show I did earlier today, I've bet something on the over actually in every game today, today on wow. this card, something. Okay. Now there's obviously some overs. I like a lot more than the rest, sure. but we have something in play in action with the over in each game tonight uh, on the uh, card for that very reason where we often see a lot of goals uh, on the uh, night before the uh, Christmas break. We'll see if that trend uh, plays out here tonight. So we'll get right into it now. We've got 11 games. Uh, so let's uh, jump into it with Winnipeg and Washington. Uh, we've got the Capitals minus 165 home favorites, six the total in this game. Uh, back to back for both teams. Washington off an overtime win against Ottawa last night. Winnipeg, tough loss against Boston. They're up 2-0 early in that game. Really, everything was going their way. And then a fluke goal for Boston. Bad bounce off the boards. Hellebuck didn't expect it. Went to play the puck, of course. It comes off the lively end boards there, right out in front. Posternock puts it in, makes it 2-1. And really, that's what woke up what looked like a very uh, sleepy Boston team prior to that point. Uh, and they ended up winning that game by a score of uh, three to two. Came back and win as the uh, won in that game as the uh, home ice magic continues for the Boston Bruins in that victory. Uh, you got the Jets now on the back to back here, Washington as well. Uh, there is no goalie confirmations yet. A lot of teams aren't doing morning skates today. I guess maybe because it's so close to Christmas. A lot of teams yeah. on back to backs. So we don't have as much info to go with in terms of lineups and starting goalies at this time of day as normally we do. And so we project Charlie Lindgren for Washington uh, in net for this game tonight after it was Kemper last night who made his return against Ottawa. We project David Riddick uh, in net for the Jets after Hellebuck got the start last night, but we don't know that for sure uh, just yet. I actually took a shot with the Jets here, and you're saying, are you really going to back this team in with David Riddick in net? But David Riddick's played better the last couple of games. You notice I'm not using Big Civ today. I, I, I'm doing away with that nickname today. He's deserving of better, uh, you know, than that. You know, he's played very well the last couple of weeks. He was great against Ottawa. The last start we saw him earlier this week in that 5-1 win for the uh, Jets. So give him credit. He's played well a couple starts in a row. I like the idea of taking a plus price with the team off a frustrating loss and a team that's saying we need to get right back on the ship, bounce back here, whereas you got a Capitals team feeling a little bit better after a win against Ottawa last night. And you actually look at the travel scenario. Washington's got to go across the border from Ottawa back to Washington. Winnipeg's just got to make a, a quick stop from Boston to Washington. So it's actually easier, in my opinion, Jets for the Jets here flying in for this game compared to the Capitals. So I like I like taking a shot again with the Jets. The frustrating that last night I did take Winnipeg plus 200. They had the great start, couldn't hold it, but... I think they're worth a look again at this price because they, they continue to play great, good competitive hockey. They're in every game. You know, I think it's worth a look here with Winnipeg at the plus price. And this is obviously I've got something on the over in every game on the board here in the NHL tonight. Uh, this is one of the overs. I guess if I had to rank it on the scale of 1 to 11, which over do you like the most and which one 11th out of 11, which one do you like the least? This would probably be like five or six. Uh, on the list, I think fifth or sixth favorite over. I think it's got a good shot, though, to see goals. Series history has certainly proven we've seen goals between these two teams. Jets and Capitals, a lot of their recent meetings have trended uh, over the total. Uh, what do you think here, Alex, Winnipeg, Washington? You know, it's funny. I actually kind of like Washington in regulation in this spot. Uh, they've been playing hot. Like I said, Winnipeg, they have back-to-backs have been, you know, kind of tricky to read with them because David Riddick, for, you know, his record aside, 
he was playing poorly in some of his first few starts. Now, in the last four starts, he's played well. Ironically, he's alternated in wins and losses, two and two in the last four. So he's been just a, a tough guy to read. That's why I haven't been playing the first period over in this one. I like the regulation spot for Washington. Uh, it's the Ovi effect. I mean, Ovechkin has really, and, and I, I said this a couple of nights ago, or a couple of shows ago. This was right after he got the hat trick to get to 800. I said, maybe look at some of his teammates, some of his line mates on the power play and on the first line to get some goals going in because they might be just watching him and he's not going to do a whole lot, but his teammates around him are picking up the slack and that's been the case. Uh, so, you know, of course, you always want to take a shot with Ovechkin to try to get the 800 first goal. But I would say look at, you know, some other guys on that power play to get points. Look for, you know, his line mates to, to chip in with assists and things like that. You'll be, you know, cashing in more often than not than if you're just sitting around waiting for Ovechkin to get 801 and 802. So that's what I'm looking at from a player prop standpoint. But I'm just going to go Washington regulation. I think a lot of teams with the travel spots, back-to-backs, like I said, they're kind of looking ahead to the, the, the trip a little, you know, to the, the, uh, the three-day break. Winnipeg might get caught in that kind of a spot. You know, hey, we couldn't beat a good team in Boston. If we don't have a, a chance in the first 20 minutes or so, then maybe they just kind of you know take the foot off the gas. Washington can cruise away with an easy home win. So those little angles are things I'm looking for on a day late today. I'm going Washington regulation. All right, Washington in uh, regulation for uh, Alex here with this one. Uh, Melissa, what are you liking here? Winnipeg, Washington. Ian, I'm with you here. I want to take a shot on the, the Jets at plus 145. We're going to be fading uh, – kind of head-to-head series because I did see that the Capitals have won nine straight games at home against the Jets. Um, But there is something that I think that the Jets have the advantage of, and it is being in the back-to-back situation. There's two teams this year that I like to fade on the back-to-back due to age. One is the Pittsburgh Penguins. The other is the Washington Capitals. If you look at their Capitals on a back-to-back, they're 0-2 this year. They have yet to win a game. Uh, Jets are 3-2. and They have to play a little bit more. Jets are also four and one to the under on the back to back, but I kind of wanted to stay off the total here because unsure on goalie situation yet. But I do think that we are getting good value on the Jets on the money line tonight as that dog price, uh, even if it is uh, Riddick and Net. It's a lean to the Jets here as well for uh, Melissa in this one at the uh, plus uh, price. And you're right, 0 for this year on the back-to-back, second of back-to-back games for the Capitals. So uh, we'll see if they can get off the schneid with the uh, back-to-back situations here tonight. Again, they have not won on that back-to-back uh, game uh, situation this season yet. All right, Philadelphia and Carolina. We've got Carolina minus 300 home favorites here, six the total uh, in this game. Man, obviously, look, Carolina's playing some awesome hockey. There is no doubt about that right now. Uh, they're, they're rolling. Uh, that was very impressive last night. And look, as someone that took the Penguins with the best bet last night, I have no beefs about losing that bet. Carolina actually outplayed Pittsburgh. They, there's no beef about it whatsoever. They probably deserved to win that game in overtime, and they did uh, 4-3 over the uh, Penguins for their seventh straight victory. Again, they're just playing awesome hockey. Their offense is coming to life. Uh, And what's amazing about the Hurricanes during this run is they won so many of these games without Sebastian Ajo. You know, wait till they get him back in the uh, lineup. But, no, it's been Svechnikov. It's been Marty Natchez. uh, He's been excellent. Uh, Stefan Nason has been a huge source of offense for the Hurricanes during this run. They're getting uh, contributions up and down their lineup. The blue line just continues to play extremely well. Brent Burns has been just a phenomenal fit here. Uh, with the Hurricanes as well. I think that is definitely something worth uh, pointing out. They've been stingy at the defensive end of the ice. Really, the only games they've given up more than uh, 
two goals lately were the two starts made by Antti Ranta in net against Dallas. And then last night against Pittsburgh, he gave up three, but Carolina scores four for him and wins the game. Other than that, they've given up just one to New Jersey. They gave up just two to Pittsburgh in the meeting last weekend. Two goals against Seattle. They shut out Detroit. They shut out the Islanders. They played some excellent team defense, this Carolina Hurricanes team lately. And a lot of it has been because of the guy we expect to be in net after Ronta got the start last night. And that would be Pyotr Kochetkov, who has been uh, just sensational uh, for the Hurricanes as of late. Uh, Philadelphia on the back-to-back. Both teams both played yesterday. But there is a little bit of a situational advantage, a little bit for Philly, just based on they played early Thursday afternoon against Toronto, whereas Carolina played at night. So, you know, Philly gets to go into Carolina probably a little earlier uh, in the day. A little bit of an advantage there for Philly. Uh, The Flyers might be going with first time making his NHL debut tonight because, look, Carter Hart started against Toronto. Probably not going to see him in net. Felix Sandstrom, who's been the backup all year to Carter Hart, is be dealing with an injury right now uh so there's no telling if uh, he's not going to be available right now uh for the or it's an illness rather for uh felix sandstrom so we might be looking at the nhl debut tonight of samuel erson here uh for the uh philadelphia flyers and uh, erson is someone that uh you know has good numbers in the ahl 2.72 goals against 910 save percentage he actually played well in the preseason for the flyers now you take that with a grain of salt but he had a few really good games and this to me as well as Carolina's rolling along right now, this feels like the, the, this could be a clunker waiting to happen for the Hurricane. I could see it. I honestly could. And they've done this before where they're rolling along. They're on a back-to-back. They had a big win the night before, and they come home and they lay an egg. And Philadelphia will work their butts off against you. Look at last yesterday against Toronto. They could have mailed it in and said, this game's over when they fell behind, what, 4-1? to one? They kept on battling, battling, chipped away, 4-2, 4-3. They nearly tied it uh, in the final seconds against the Leafs yesterday afternoon. They just don't go away, Philly. Obviously, they're struggling to win hockey games, but the work ethic cannot be denied uh, from this Philadelphia team. I did take a, just a small little, tiny little piece of Philly at plus 250 in this game. Just because of the spot, if this guy does start, Erson, you know what that's like. They want to play hard. They want to win this game for the young kid. They band together, you know, and I could see Carolina just being a little bit, you know, sleepy, you know, sleepwalk. That's a huge win for them against Pittsburgh to beat the Penguins twice. You know, you you played some big time teams lately, and this just screams that back home, distractions with the wife, distractions with the kids, paying bills right before the Christmas break. It's got all the makings of Carolina just maybe laying the old proverbial egg tonight. Maybe they don't because they're playing that good, but there's worse things you could do, in my opinion, take a small shot on the Flyers tonight in this spot. What do you think here, Alex? Flyers and Hurricanes. Yeah, I kind of alluded to this game earlier when I said beware of some of these big favorites, and I'm right there with you. I feel like Carolina could lay an egg here at a high favorite price. You know, this is one of those games, like I said, wrapping up after two big wins this week against Pittsburgh, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, and not only that, but also beat New Jersey to uh, essentially take the top spot in the Metro. So this has been a great week for them. They're probably, you know, looking forward to, like I said, the holidays coming up. And they probably will play tough, but Philly's going to hang around there as well. You look at two of the last three meetings have gone to overtime. Carolina's last game went to OT. Philly, even looking at the last three games, that 6-3 final uh, against the Rangers, that loss was a bit misleading. Two of those goals were empty net goals that came very late in the third period. So that was uh, pretty much a, a tight 4-3 game for most of that third period. 
once the Rangers did take the lead. I'm going with the draw, and this game feels a lot like what we saw with Colorado and Montreal. And Ian, you mentioned about how Montreal was live in that in that game, had a great chance, but couldn't take care of business after 60 minutes. I love that draw there at plus 400. I'm seeing here plus 455. I'm definitely taking a shot here with the draw between the Flyers and Canes tonight. Yeah, I feel I might sprinkle on the draw too. It's the one regret I had about when I did have a split with Montreal, first period full game money line against Colorado. But the one regret I did is not taking a little on the draw too, figuring, you know, they could lose in overtime, which is exactly what happened to Montreal. That could happen here too. You know, Philly battles, Philly battles, and then they lose in overtime. So the draw sprinkle is probably something to maybe, consider. Maybe too. go with a maybe go with a Flyers money line, yeah. uh, you know, correct score four three in the draw. Yeah, you can do that. You could do draw double chance if which is a soccer type bet. You could mm -hmm. do that on the Flyers as well uh, in this one. So a lot of different ways, but I definitely think this is going to be uh, one of those games where I could see Carolina kind of going through those motions a little bit. What do you think here, Melissa? You know, this is a game that I t tend to stay off anytime I see heavy chalk like this on either side. Um, I did look at this game from a back-to-back -back standpoint. The Canes have been the best team in the NHL this year on the back-to-back. -back. They're currently 5-0, and and they're playing the worst team on the back-to-back. -back. The Flyers are 0-5. Uh, so to me, that kind of reads this this game seems like it's going to be pretty boring overall. Uh, it's one that I probably won't pay attention to. Uh it would not surprise me if it goes under the total. I think that, you know, Canes are the type of team that plays with their competition. You know, if they go up to two goals, they're not going to keep piling on and uh, take that heavy lead. So if I were to make a play in this, I would probably combo it with Canes money line plus under six and a half um, and, and do that. But I, I think that there's a lot of other plays on this card that I like better, but um, hard for me to fade the Canes just based off of that back-to-back. -back. Yeah, they are very good back-to-back -back record. Better, Much better team, definitely. And the idea of going up against the young kid in net who's just been rolling Kochetkov is not easy, an easy decision to make. But yeah. uh, I do feel like Philly's going to – I just got that feel like we're going to be dealing with a 1-1 or a 2-2 game in the third. It wouldn't shock me. Uh, one bit to uh, see that here and, and maybe, right of all the oh and i did bet this game over too but this is like 10th or 11th out of the 11 games in terms of overs that i like in fact i don't really like this one too much but this is one i could see staying under and that was the thing i was gonna say too with samuel Harrison. i mean his numbers they're solid but there's not a lot to go off of with him yep. and i think that's one of he's one of those goalies whether he's going to be you know any good or not i don't know but what i do believe is that because there's not so much tape or, or film on him he could have one of those solid efforts. We've seen this from some goalies before that ended up being pretty bad later on. But in those first few starts, nobody knew about them, and they were able to stand on their head like the team rally around them, and they were able to get a couple of victories. Yeah, definitely. So fast. it's actually a fascinating game just to see how both teams uh, play this one tonight. All right, Bruins and Devils, one of the best games of the night here. Boston minus 120 road favorites, six the total in this one. I don't think I'll get involved in the side. Of course, I'm on the over, like with every game on the card. And this one is one that, as far as the over is concerned, I'm, it's probably in the middle. You know, I don't love this over as much as I love some, but it, it's higher up my uh, list of overs I like tonight compared to some. Um, the side's really tricky, though, because Linus Allmark is going to be in net tonight. He's been excellent. Bruins find ways to win. That's what they do. Like, they haven't even played great hockey these last few games. You know, and Jimmy Murphy alluded to that when he was on Wednesday uh, with us. You know, Bruins haven't played great hockey for the last few games, and yet they're still winning games. Or they're finding ways to win games. That's how scary they are uh, right now. And you're only laying minus 120 with them. 
this is not the bright price range for me to be interested in fading Boston. I mean, they're only a buck 20, you know, as road favorites here. That being said, you know how I always feel about teams that are on a bad losing streak. They finally win, which New Jersey did the other night against the Florida Panthers on TNT. Usually when they snap the losing streak, I want to back them after snapping the losing streak. Get on a roll. Get a little positive vibes going. Get a little momentum going. So it kind of feels like this could be a bet on spot for New Jersey, but I ain't going against Boston as just a minus 120 favorite. So it's a pass for me. Alex, Bruins, Devils. Yeah, I woke up and played this uh, Boston minus 111 at Ben Online. This is just way too cheap of a spot for Boston. New Jersey, they beat Florida. Okay, so what? Florida sucks. So I mean, the, way, the way that I'm looking at it right they now, do. New Jersey, New Jersey's, you know, they're getting back in the hang of things. I don't think, you know, Devils fans, they don't, shouldn't be jumping off of cliffs right now and, and calling for Lindy Ruff to be fired once again. The team won 18 out of 20 games before going on the streak. Things are going to happen. And, and it's the old Hawk Harrelson adage that he used to say, baseball, you you know, win 60 games, you lose 60 games. It's what you do with the rest of them that counts. Well, that's the thing in hockey. You're going to win 20 games, you're going to lose 20 games. What you do with the other 42 games is what matters. And this is one of those 42 games. This is a big-time spot before the Christmas break against arguably the best team in the NHL. New Jersey, if they're going to stand up and be a quality team, they should put up a good fight here and win this game. I just don't think it's going to happen. Boston's just a, a, a machine right now. And as hot as they had been on at home, it's still a decent squad on the road. Allmark's been red hot. Uh, like I said, laying $1.15, 20 that's cheap for a Boston team, especially with the form New Jersey has had long-term over the last week and a half. I will say this, positives for uh, New Jersey. Now, again, it was Florida, but Mackenzie Blackwood comes back against Florida first start and plays very well. So can he do that again, though? That's another thing. That's another thing that concerns me about back in the Devils here, too, is how many times have we seen this guy have two good games in a row? Hasn't happened in a very long time. It's been the bane of his existence as an NHL goaltender here with the New Jersey Devils, the lack of his consistency from one game to the next. They are also down a couple key defensemen. John Marino and Ryan Graves are both going to be out tonight for the New Jersey Devils. So we're going to see a little bit of a shakeup here on the back end tonight. It's Siegenthaler, Dougie Hamilton on the top pairing, Brendan Smith, Damon Severson, the second pair. And then you're going to have Nikita Okutuk, and Kevin Ball, your third pairing. So that's concerning, obviously, when you're facing a team that's got uh, scoring like the Bruins do. You've got that third pair. Are they going to be exposed a little bit uh, on the uh, third pairing for the uh, Devils? A lot of inexperience with that 5-6 defenseman that they're going to be rolling out there tonight in this game. Uh, Melissa, how about you, Boston and New Jersey? I'm with Alex here. I, I love the Bruins tonight. I, I got it right around minus 115 as well. Uh, you know, they are on the back to back, but to me, I think it's not that far of a travel spot. Uh, I think the Bruins might have been looking a tad ahead to this game yesterday. I know you alluded to a little bit their performance last night. They were a little off. Uh, they saved Olmark for tonight for a reason. I think that they're going to come out strong. Uh, the Devils have been a team that I have been fading here the last couple of weeks. I think that I did come on the BetCast and I said the Devils would not win another game for the rest of the year. Uh, maybe not so much January, but Florida, of course, snapped my bold prediction. So thanks a lot, Florida. <laughs> um, but I do love the Bruins tonight. Um, also look at past series history between these two teams. Uh, the Bruins did sweep the Devils last season. They went 3-0 and against them head-to-head. So um, I think that, you know, this is a good rivalry between the two. And I, I like the Bruins to get it done. I think that we're getting a great price as well, especially with Olmark and, and Nett, because they definitely have the advantage there tonight. So 
give me the Bruins uh, minus 115. All right. So it looks like uh, Alex and Melissa consensus here. Boston as the uh, short road favorite minus 115 to minus 120. I agree with Chris. It's not just that I agree with Chris Otto here. I already did it. Parlay every game over four and a half. Yep. I already did it. You know, small bet, but hey, big payout if it hits. Nice. Uh, so there you go. I think it's worth a look. Plus, you get the added bonus. You parlay everything at four and a half. The, the key final score of three two cashes your parlay or cashes each bet in the parlay if you land on three two. So I like that idea. I've already actually done that. Parlaying every game on the NHL board tonight over four and a half. Uh, so there you go. Or put every game, I should say, over four and a half in a parlay. Uh, so there you go. Uh, all right. Next up, as we continue along here, we've got the Florida Panthers and New York Islanders. Uh, Panthers here, minus 135 road favorites, six and a half being the total uh, in this game. The uh, Islanders off a loss to the Rangers uh, last night uh, in Madison Square Garden uh, by a score of uh, 5-3. Uh, more issues for Sorokin, you know, in net. You know, he just hasn't been nearly as good lately for the uh, New York Islanders after that red-hot start. Uh, although it's not just him, you know, the team defense at times hasn't been nearly as locked down and shut down as it's been. And I'll tell you why that is. Adam Pellick is why that is. Adam Pellick is a dearly missed defenseman for the New York Islanders. Maybe their best defenseman they've got right now. And Adam Pellick is on the IR, and he won't be back anytime soon uh, for the uh, New York Islanders. Kyle Palmieri's on the IR. Sezikis, a key depth centerman, a good two-way player. Uh, he left the game last night with injury. Lane Lambert said uh, he's now day-to-day. -day. So the Islanders are battling some injuries now. I think maybe that also explains the uh, money move toward the uh, Panthers here. And Semyon Varlamov, who is probably going to get this start for the uh, Islanders if he was healthy, uh, he's also been placed on the injured reserve list uh, as well. So, you know, the Islanders are backed into a corner tonight where it's probably Sorokin on a back-to-back. -back. That's probably what they're going to end up having to do here uh, tonight as they face the uh, Florida Panthers, unless they give <laughs> – do they dare – give Corey Schneider a start. I mean, <laughs> who has obviously had one injury after another. He hasn't played in eons in an NHL game. Does Lane Lambert have the cojones, if you will, the guts uh, to put Corey Schneider in net tonight with uh, obviously Varlamov not there because he's the backup now uh, to Ilya Sorokin. So I doubt it. I think it's probably going to be Sorokin here. And again, if he starts, he's going to be starting back-to-back -back nights. That's never a great bet on situation for me. Uh, as far as goalies uh, are concerned. Problem is, I don't want to lay minus 135 with Florida, and I'm not going to lay minus 135 with Florida. This is a team that continues to sputter. Three losses in their last four games. They get drubbed by Boston 7-3. to You're supposed to respond after that, and they end up losing at home to New Jersey 4-2. Matthew Kachuk getting frustrated at the end of the game. He's becoming bad for this. Causing shit, Causing a ruckus when his team is losing late in the game. He did it again the other night with Nico Heeshear. And I get it. They weren't happy with Heeshear getting Barkov hurt the, the, the previous time these two teams played. I get that. But it was an accident. Heeshear didn't try to injure Barkov on that play. It was a total accidental injury. There was no malice behind that. There was no intent behind that. And, and he's going after Heeshear at the end of that game like he just you know basically chopped out the knee. Uh, or took out the knee of Barkov or something, or hit him from behind or something. No, it was an accidental injury. You know, and Heeshear's not that kind of player. Uh, all accounts says one of the nicest people you'll ever meet off the ice, Nico Heeshear. And here's Kachuk going after him, you know, because quote unquote, he injured Barkov, which is a bunch of garbage. Uh, you know, it's horse shit. He didn't do that. 
Um, so it tells you that, but that's Kachuk, right? Kachuk's frustrated. He's gone to a team that is underperforming right now. Uh, he's frustrated by it, and he's that's just what he does when his team's losing a game in the final minute or two. He's often going to cause a, uh, a ruckus, get into a fracas, and get a scrum going. You know, and that's exactly what happened in that game. But uh, nevertheless, I'm not laying a price with Florida on the road right now. It's a pass because I don't want the Islanders really in this spot either. It's not a great you know spot for them. I don't trust Sorokin, especially on a back-to-back if he's going to be forced in there again. And at the same time, I'm not laying a price with Florida. So I'm off the game from a side perspective. This is, of course, one of my overs. Uh, in the, uh, This one actually could get over the total. I don't. Sorokin's given up goals right now. Do we trust Bobrovsky? Who's going to get the start tonight for the Panthers? No, I certainly don't. So this one could get over the total, in my opinion. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Panthers, Islanders. Yeah, this is a pass for me. Is is Corey Schneider basically the most expensive emergency goalie in the league? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, this, and I'm looking at, I was checking to see, I know he's active, but I don't see any stats of him in the AHL. And he hasn't played a game yet this year. He only played one game last year with Islanders. Like, does he actually play? Or is he just basically a practice goalie who's a, th- a third guy? Like, it's kind of interesting how he's kind of keeping him around at 36. And, you know, they have him for these, uh, you know, nights like tonight where they might need to have him in you know, case of another injury. So that's an interesting thing to see. But other than that, uh, Islanders team I haven't really liked betting on. Like I said, it can't support Florida, especially laying $1.35. So this is a clear pass. It's better stuff on the board. All right, Melissa, how about you here? Florida Panthers, New York Islanders. Same thoughts. I, I have no read on this game. Um, I also agree that I don't want to lay that price with Florida. Yes, they've had more of the rest here, um, but they are traveling, so you never know how that spot will end for them. So no play for me either on this one. I mean, I thought, look, I get it. Spencer Knight comes back. It was a really rough night for him in Boston. That game was really rough for him, and it was not just the team in front of him. He was bad in that game as well, uh, in that 7-3 loss. But is that enough now to sour so much that we can't put him in there tonight uh, For if you're Paul Maurice? I mean, I don't understand this just affinity to keep going back to goalie Bob. You know, do, do you want to see what you got in the kid? Do you want to see if he's mentally tough? Do you want to see if he, he can you can trust him in situations where he doesn't play well and can bounce back, show some fight through adversity? Don't you want to see what the kid's made of? This is, this is a perfect spot to maybe get him back in there after that Boston debacle, and they're going back to goalie Bob again. I mean, I, I honestly don't get it. He's not the future of your organization in net at this stage of his career. He's not. It's 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 Spencer Knight. And maybe he's not going to be the the next one, the next great one in net, like maybe we all think he could be. But you're not going to know if he's sitting on his ass on the bench, you know, many more times than Bobrovsky right now. Like, let's let's get him in there. Let's see if he's got some mental toughness. It was a horrible game for him against Boston. I don't deny that. Nobody does. Anybody that watched that Panthers-Bruins game on Monday night knows. He was horrible, Spencer Knight. It's one of the worst games he's probably played at the NHL level, but how the fuck can you not give him the chance to make amends for that, you know, and gain some confidence, gain some trust in, in the team and in the coaching staff. He's never going to get better. If he's sitting there as the backup goalie to a mediocre old veteran whose days might be best days might be behind him. So I don't get it at all. And as you can tell, I'm upset by it. I think this should have been a Spencer night start here tonight for the Panthers, but it is not his night, no pun intended. It'll be uh, Sergei Bobrovsky for the uh, Panthers, and I don't get it. Uh, Colorado and Nashville. We've got Colorado minus 120 uh, road favorites here, five and a half the total in this one. Uh, it's now eight straight unders 
for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. I mean, and we've talked about this. Do you know they've gone, they haven't gone over the total in any of their games since Nathan McKinnon got hurt. Trace it back to when he got injured. If you'll actually look at their recent game log, their recent games, Nathan McKinnon got injured in the Philadelphia game. I think it was December the 5th. They lost that game 5-3. to three. Every game without McKinnon since the, day, the game he got hurt against Philly has gone under the total. All eight have gone under without McKinnon. So it's tough to bet this team over right now. What they've done is their scoring's dropped off. They've really committed to a more tighter checking, more conservative, defensive-minded style of hockey in these games since McKinnon's injury. And look, they've got others out still too. And, and I thought maybe offensively with getting Lekkanen and Big Val Nachushkin and a few others back, you'd start to see the offense come back a little bit. But no, they're still playing this very tight checking style. So, you know, I have no interest in, and again, I did bet this over because as I mentioned, I've got the over in every game tonight, but this is probably 10th out of 11 in terms of my confidence rankings with the overs tonight. I don't love this one. And Colorado has been an under machine here. Uh, for the last uh, eight games, and, and nothing for me on the side. I mean, this feels very cheap for Colorado, and Colorado's really owned Nashville. Nashville is bounced back the last couple games. They got off the losing streak, beating Edmonton in overtime, and then they did away with uh, the hapless Chicago Blackhawks after that. We were all on Nashville uh, in various forms the other night, but uh, this one's a pass. I mean, I just don't love going against Colorado at a short price like this at minus 120. So I'm off the side. This probably could stay under, um, and I did bet over, but I only bet over for the sake of the blind trend of games right before Christmas. So uh, not a strong opinion for me either side or total here. Alex, uh, Colorado, Nashville. Yeah, not a strong one for me either. I mean, if I, if I really had to play something, I would probably lean toward Colorado uh, minus a dollar 20. They still have the nut depth to try to you know hang around and beat a team. Nashville is just so up and down. And they're they're really hard to read. I mean, they got the the team total over that I needed the other night against Chicago, but they didn't put the screws to Chicago like they really could have. A, a better team with some of those chances that, and the Hawks made a, a bunch of blunders as usual. They didn't capitalize on all of them like uh, a better team would have. Like Colorado would have, would have probably beat Chicago the other night six to two, even with all the injuries that they're dealing with. So Nashville's form is still kind of iffy. Colorado has dominated them, you know, going back to last postseason. So if I had to play something. I'd lay the dollar twenty with the abs, but there's better spots on the board tonight. All right. Uh, what do you think here, Melissa? Colorado, Nashville. Yeah, I don't know if I overly love either one of these plays here. Um, I would lean towards the under five and a half just based off of how the avalanche have been playing. They seem to continuously, obviously, and you, you've mentioned eight unders in a row. I've been riding those unders as well. So it's one of those where you keep riding it until the streak ends. Um the price is very strange to me. Uh, I guess maybe because Avalanche are on the road, it just kind of is screaming at me, like, take the abs. But knowing the abs, this might be a bad travel spot and Pred sneak one away. But, um, yeah, it's one of those where it's kind of screaming at you. And at the end of the game, if the abs win, you're kind of like, wow, I was stupid to not take that price on it. But like Alex said, there's a lot of other games out there that you might feel a little better on. So uh, would lean under five and a half into abs on the money line there. I just don't know if I'd get there. Uh, maybe if I was more of a higher volume better, I would I would play it just for fun. Uh, but for, for now, just a couple leans. Yeah, I will say this off the top of my head, someone in the chat, Peter, talking about the first period under. I wouldn't argue with that. I wouldn't argue with that one bit. I mean, Colorado, just the last three games alone, all of them cashing the first period under. 
I mean, we are not seeing goals early in these games lately with uh, Colorado in the first 20 minutes. So I wouldn't argue with that. If you like the first period under, uh, go for it. Uh, I definitely wouldn't talk anyone out of that opinion. All right, Montreal-Dallas. We've got Dallas minus three. Oh, by the way, Thomas Novak. Uh, Thomas Novak, bet him again. He's undervalued. He's top-line center. He scored against Chicago. Maybe a little tougher to score tonight against Colorado, and especially Georgiev, who's been pretty good lately in net, if he is indeed the starter uh, for the Avalanche. And it is confirmed he is in net. We're just waiting to see who's in for Nashville. You'd think it's Soros. Uh, but definitely Thomas Novak, top-line center, scored the other night. He's had a bunch of chances. He's undervalued, playing with Forsberg and Granlund on the top line. So I really like that player prop look uh, for the uh, Predators in this game. I cashed with it against Chicago. See if it can come through again here. All right, Montreal-Dallas. We've got uh, Dallas minus 320 home favorites, six the total uh, in this game. Probably a Dallas spot to bounce back uh, off, off a top – Really poor defensive showing against the Edmonton Oilers on Wednesday night. Six to three uh, victory for Edmonton. Not one of Jake Ottinger's better games either. I thought he could have been a lot better than he was. But hey, you know, Betty Crocker's going to burn the odd cake, as we always say. Uh, and obviously, Jake Ottinger didn't have uh, his best start uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, but that Edmonton team, I felt, felt was chomping at the bit going into that game. They had lost three in a row. They hadn't lost four in a row all year. And they avoid that again. It was a good road game from the Oilers. They played well. The power play came through. Hyman was great. McDavid was great. Dreisaitl was great. Nugent Hopkins, again, a great game. Uh, when they get a, all four of those guys going in the same game, it's tough to beat Edmonton, you know, and that's what we saw on Wednesday night. But I think Dallas looking to bounce back here. They don't want to go into the Christmas break, I think, on two home losses uh, in a row here uh, in this game. Montreal's been a tough out here on this road trip. They beat Arizona. They lose in a shootout to Colorado. You know, their effort's been commendable for Marty St. Louis and his team. But, you know, walking in here against a Dallas team that's probably looking to uh, avoid a two-game losing streak could be a difficult task for uh, Montreal. Jake Allen and Ottinger, but Jake Ottinger are the uh, confirmed goalies, by the way, uh, for this game tonight between the Habs and the Stars. Again, from a side perspective, I'm off the game. I'm actually not looking to fade Montreal whenever they're getting this kind of price on the road because they just seem to hang in games but at the same time i i do envision dallas bouncing back and winning this game but not a whole lot of value to go with when you're talking a minus 320 favorite in this one alex what do you think here canadian stars yeah the one thing i was looking at here and i don't play these props too often but i was looking at goalies uh saves i'm looking at jake ottinger to over 26 and a half saves you lay anywhere to minus a dollar five to a dollar 15 I don't play those often, but I think I would look for that. I think, like I said, he had a, bad, a bit of a bad start. We haven't seen him have two or three bad starts in a row uh, lately. He usually tend to follow up a bad start with a, a decent one. In Montreal, they'll get shots off. I don't know if they'll get too many past him. So I'm going to go with that over 26 and a half, laying a dollar five. Jake Ottinger saves. All right, there you go. A goalie saves prop there. Jake Ottinger uh, over saves for Alex in this one. Melissa, how about you, Habs and Stars? No, I kind of like this under here. I like how we're getting a six as well. I, I agree. I think Ottinger, we're going to see a bounce back from him. Um, and, and Jake Allen hasn't been that bad. You know, I think he's had a lot of really strong games. and He's had a lot of weak games as well. Um, if you look at the Habs, um, I believe they are five and one to the under in their last six. And Dallas is about four and two. Uh, to the under as well in their last six matchups. Uh, we saw these teams meet earlier in the season. Stars got it done. They won 5-2. Um, I think that this one might flip a little bit, and it will kind of go towards the under. Um, I like that we have a six. If it was probably a five and a half, I'd probably lay off of it. 
Um, would not surprise me if this one goes, you know, three, one stars or four, one stars as well. Aside from the game against Tampa Bay, Jake Allen's in a bit of a groove again. He's given up three goals or less uh, in uh, five of his last six starts. So uh, Jake Allen's starting to play a little bit better in net for the Habs. The under could get there. It's weird because I, I think this game's probably lower scoring too. And then you look at series history, four straight overs, believe it or not, uh, between Montreal and Dallas. So that's why it's a tough game. I think Dallas wins, but Dallas can win a game two to one, three to one, three to two. They won't mind just as long as they get the win. They're not always a team you, you really trust them to win by two, three, four goals. So that's why I'm not all that excited about a puck line. And then someone in the chat, I think it was Jarek saying, or someone that, uh, yeah, you sometimes look at Montreal. And the first period is definitely, I think if you're going to take Montreal tonight, the first period might be your better option. We talked about this with the Colorado game. They cashed the first period Wednesday night against Colorado. They were up one nothing after the first period. Even though they didn't win the game, they lost in a shootout. But yeah, first period... You know, they've only trailed one time uh, after 20 minutes on the road this year, the Montreal Canadiens. So that's an incredible stat. So maybe you look at a, a draw or a, a Montreal first period or Montreal plus a half, you know, is probably the best way to go in the first period. Uh, and maybe that they can, uh, I, I might actually bet it that way. Montreal plus a half in the uh, first period for a small bet, because that those are tough numbers to argue with. You're talking about a Habs team that has, only been trailing one single time this year on the road after the first period. Uh, and that's obviously going into the game tonight uh, between Montreal and Dallas. Uh, and by the way, in terms of props tonight, Wyatt Johnston, I cashed with him the other night. He continues to get a lot of confidence from Peter DeBoer and the coaching staff. Uh, I'd look at him as an undervalued prop option. Kivaranta and Delandria have moved up to the second line recently. They might be a little undervalued. And Kirby Doc is moving back up to the top line. That didn't last long. Marty St. Louis put him down on the second line. Now he's back up to the top line tonight with uh, Suzuki and Caulfield. So you're going to get Kirby Doc. There's some books that still put plus 400, plus 500 on him to score a goal, uh, even though he's on the top line. So Kirby Doc of the Habs might be worth a look, too, in terms of great value. Uh, in the goal prop market. All right, before we get to the uh, next game, uh, by the way, hit the like button, everybody watching on YouTube. We appreciate it very much. Uh, we'll get to the back half of the Friday NHL card in just a second, right after we hear from our good friends at Gramco. All right, whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, or, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you and is also available at many American retailers as well. To get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. You visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order, and all orders on the site that are $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we're back. And for what it's worth, Montreal plus a half in the first period against Dallas tonight is minus 130, minus 140. Uh, in that range. So if you want a little extra security, you could go that route. Because again, they haven't been worse than tied, you know, only one time, I should say, trailing uh, after the first period on the road this year. 
Uh, or if you want to, you know, the better, bigger bang for your buck, better bang for your buck, you can just go with the money line with Montreal uh, in the first period. But that is a, a very interesting and meaningful uh, trend and stat with the uh, Canadians. All right. Next up, we've got Columbus and Chicago playing for exercise, as I like to say. We've got even money here, minus 110 both sides, six and a half the total. Yeah, Alex alluded to maybe a couple games on the card where teams are just going to look to roll the puck out and maybe go back and forth. This is that game, in my opinion. I like over six and a half here. In fact, this is one of my more favorite overs of the night, uh, in my opinion. I think if Chicago's ever going to get some offense going, it's tonight. Uh, against the uh, Blue Jackets. It is a banged-up team on the blue line, although it looks like Adam Boquist is going to be finally able to return. They get one of those starting D that are injured back uh, in the uh, lineup here tonight for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. And, of course, it also goes without saying, former member uh, of the Chicago Blackhawks organization. So maybe a little prop of some kind, you know, shots on goal. If you can find something on Boquist, any Boquist props that you can find, believe it or not. You know, it might be uh, something to consider in this game, facing his old mates. I mean, do we expect him to score a goal? No, but I see plus 800 at Caesars. I mean, it's a crazy price, but crazier things have happened. He's not much of a goal scorer, obviously, but, you know, if you want to have some fun, throw a couple bucks on it, go ahead. But he'll be back for the uh, Jackets tonight. So at least now they're down to three starting defensemen instead of four out, but they're still very banged up. It's still not a great situation up front. Dan fourth Shinnikov is now on IR and he's been a good young player for them. Cole Sillinger still on IR Boone Jenner, the captain we've talked about IR Voracek still out. Uh, Merzlikens out. Uh, it looks like Tarasov is going to be the goalie tonight again for the uh, blue jackets because uh, Corpus is available. He could have started tonight uh, if uh, Brad Larson chose to, but going to go with uh, Danil Tarasov in net. And Alex Stalock making his first start in quite some time for the Blackhawks, finally back from uh, it, from that concussion. And he's finally back, ready to make his first start since November the first, since actually October 30th, his last start in net for the uh, Blackhawks. You know, his numbers before getting hurt weren't terrible 2.93 goals against average, 914 save percentage, 3 and 2. Chicago in his five starts, but it's been a long time off. We still think this guy's probably going to be more below average than above average when it comes to goaltending for Chicago. So how will he fare? Long layoff, a lot of time that he's missed. Uh, will he be sharp first game back? I'm not so sure. I don't trust either side. Uh, I'm just going to stick to goals here and go over six and a half. What do you think here, Alex Columbus and Chicago? This is a brutal battle. I mean, these are two teams that used to be division rivals and, it has that feel of like a 2007 matchup where, you know, both teams suck and they're playing, you know, holiday time. Probably going to be a half empty United. Who's blocking a fucking shot tonight? Seriously, yeah. these two yeah. teams. Who's That's doing that? You're not going anywhere. It's right before <laughs> Christmas. Do you think your wife wants to tend to your fucking hurt, swollen ankle or leg after blocking a 90 mile per hour slap shot? No. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. This is definitely going to be a, a fun one to watch. And I think the Hawks finally get a win here. At home, I think they in their streak. Nobody wants to go into, like I said, they don't want to go into the holiday break, you know, pouting and sulking about losing eight games in a row and having to be with family for the next three days, having that weigh on them and then having to get back on the ice. They want to go and uh, and feel good about themselves heading into the holiday break, and I think they can do that. It's a banged up Columbus team. You know, the Hawks have hung around in some games, even though they've been losing, they've been playing tough, uh, and they haven't just been getting demolished in outside of the Ranger game. Like I said, with Nashville, that game. They made a bunch of mistakes, but their team couldn't capitalize on it. Can Columbus capitalize on Chicago's mistakes? They're going to make about five or six a night. I don't know if Columbus can really capitalize on that. So I'm looking at the Hawks here. I played them minus $1.05. 
I like it at a dollar ten. I also like you talking about revenge angles. I'm going with Seth Jones over a half on the power play point at plus two hundred. Got that at Bet MGM. He's been shooting the puck really well on the power play. Kane's been feeding him left and right. He just hasn't been able to find the back of the net. I think he comes up with either a goal or an assist uh, with the man advantage here. So I'm taking a two to one shot here. This is a smaller play for me. Seth Jones to get a power play point tonight. There you go, Seth Jones there against his former mates to make an impact on the uh, score sheet tonight, says Alex, against uh, the Jackets uh, with the uh, Chicago uh, Blackhawks. Yeah, I mean, I could just see the wife nagging the the, the player, husband, the husband player coming home, you know, blocking a shot, getting hurt in a game like this when your team's going nowhere. You're not going anywhere anyway. You're not even making the playoffs. What are you doing that for? I mean, my goodness. I mean, it's just, yeah, I mean, <laughs> why are you going to do that? It's not worth it. Yeah, it's going to be pond hockey. I'd be shocked if it's not tonight. It's going to be pond hockey. It's going to be up and down the ice. Uh, no question about that. And uh, like I say, I think defense is going to be optional. Kent Johnson, of course. Yeah, of course, Kent Johnson. I mean, I don't even need to mention it at this point. You know, I've been on the Kent Johnson prop bandwagon ever since he took over the top line center spot for the Jackets, filling in for Boone Jenner. He's been great with Lion A and Goudreau, uh, actually. No question uh, about that. Did sound like Marge Simpson. That's true. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's not the voice I'd want to hear day in and day out. That's for damn sure. Uh, but nevertheless, yeah, I think uh, Kent Johnson ob- absolutely from a prop standpoint uh, is worth a look here tonight. Once again, he's been good on that top line since uh, taking over for uh, Boone Jenner. He's still plus 310 to, in some spots. They're making a small adjustment, but not enough. Plus 310 to score a goal, plus 100 to get a point. Sign me up for both. Uh, with that for uh, Kent Johnson tonight for the uh, Blue Jackets, uh, no doubt. Uh, what do you think here, Melissa, Blue Jackets and Blackhawk? Yeah, as many people in the chat will always call this game probably the 1-800-GAMBLER game if you're playing a side here. Um, I think that's Terry Edelman's famous quote. Um, for me, I'm going to go back to that famous uh you know, fading the Chicago Blackhawks in the first period. Uh, you know, Blackhawks have lost seven first periods in a row. Um, I'm going to take CBJ first period. I'm just going to do the money line. Um, I could do the puck line, but I'm just going to play a little bit safer and play that money line. Uh, this Blackhawks team has been difficult to watch. Um, I've been fading them a lot, so I've been watching them play a lot. And it, it's tough to see the situation that Kane and Taves are in. Uh, you know, Kaner's even getting some you know, he had some nice looks against Saros the other night, and usually you see him finish those. And, you know, we got some frustration with him. I think he broke his stick at the end of the game. He was extremely upset. So if the Blackhawks do need a bounce back, I mean, you got to do it against CBJ. This is, I mean, two, two battle, battle of last place here. Um, who's going to get the first round pick maybe essentially next year. Um, but Again, I can't bet this Blackhawks team just based off what they've been showing me. So I'm just going to stick with the Blackhawks consistently losing first period bets, and I'll take CBJ in the first period. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I actually might still bet that. It's just been so dominant how bad they've been in the first period. It's just this is this to me and to Alex's point as to why he's on Chicago. This is about as good of uh, opportunity as they're ever going to have to win a home game. I mean, yeah. it's not like Columbus is much better, leaps and bounds better. And you'd think maybe at least give the fans that are actually showing up on the eve of Christmas, well, the eve of Christmas Eve, technically tonight, but showing up, give them something to cheer about here tonight uh, in this game. We'll see if they're capable. So as much as I've been on this theme, too, with the first period of the opponent against Chicago, I'm backing off tonight. But certainly if you want to keep riding it, 
it, it makes all the sense in the world because the first period trend against Chicago for the opponent cashing in the first period, either puck line or money line, has been incredible. And as Melissa mentioned too, Sir Patrick Kane getting pissed off, breaking his stick, showing some frustration. He is feasted against Columbus in his career, 23 goals and 50 assists. So maybe he uh, takes that spark and energy to the ice tonight. Yeah, we'll see about that for sure. All right, next up, we've got Vancouver and Edmonton. Edmonton minus 220 home favorites, six and a half the total in this one. As you know, and I mentioned this at the start of the show, I do have some kind of wager placed on every NHL game over the total tonight. This is definitely up there as maybe my favorite over uh, of the card tonight for sure. It would be this one, and there's a reason it's six and a half, and it's juice to the over. We should see goals aplenty here uh, with this one. You've got the uh, Oilers uh, who've been trending over the total in recent games, scoring goals in bunches, giving them up, though, as well. Uh, five straight games have gone over the total for Edmonton. 6-3, have been the score. So maybe you bet a 4-3 or a 6-3 correct score. That's all Edmonton's played here uh, the last five games is a 6-3 or a 4-3 final score. Uh, but nevertheless, I think Edmonton, you know, we see what they can do when they've got uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Hyman, Nugent Hopkins all having big games on this in the same night. And they did that against Dallas. Very nice road win for them. 6-3, break a three-game losing streak. And I don't think they rest on their laurels after winning that. I think they come back home here and they want to go into the break winning two in a row. They don't want this win one, lose one bullshit. McDavid said it after the last game. We can't win against Dallas and give it back tonight. Uh, against the Vancouver Canucks. So uh, I think if you're Edmonton, you come out ready here uh, for this game tonight. Vancouver, you know, give the Canucks credit. It's been a rough season, horrible defensively. And we talk about Spencer Martin, Alex. He's starting to hit a wall. I mean, that was a bad goal to give up in that first period last night. And he's fit, he's played a shit ton of games, way more than usual at the NHL level. I think he's getting a little work overloaded work-wise. Fatigue is setting in a little bit for Martin. He's played a lot of games, faced a lot of rubber. Uh, a lot of pucks, but the Canucks came back and they helped out their goaltender, who's been there for them so much uh, this season, coming all the way back from a 5-3 deficit in the third period against Seattle last night and then winning 6-5 to five, uh, in a, a shootout. So very impressive comeback win from the Canucks. But how much energy and how much did that take out of them? Coming back from that deficit late last night against Seattle, now you got to go on to Edmonton back-to-back a situation right before the holidays tough spot just on paper it looks like here for the uh, Vancouver Canucks in this game tonight against Edmonton who by the way it looks like it's going to be Skinner back in net tonight for the uh, Edmonton Oilers uh, once again as you would expect Stuart Skinner for the uh, Oilers uh, back in between the pipes for the Edmund for the Vancouver Canucks look some sites have Spencer Martin projected but I would be stunned if Spencer Martin's in net tonight, they've got to give him a rest. They've got to give him a blow at some point. He's faced a ton of games. He's played a ton of games in a row. He's faced a lot of shots. Vancouver gives up a ton of shots every game. So he's faced a ton of rubber. I think this is going to be, even though it hasn't been confirmed yet, I think we're going to see Colin Delia uh, make the start tonight for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Colin Delia, you're breaking my heart. You better stop the puck lately. There you go, Colin Delia. I'm begging you, please stop the puck. Stop the puck. There you go. Little Simon and Garfunkel right there uh, with uh, Colin Delia uh, potentially. And eh, it's Christmas time. We'll do some uh, uh, shitty Christmas carols. Well, that's not a Christmas carol, but uh, you get my point. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be Colin Delia uh, here in net tonight for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. you got to rest Martin. He's had a ton of games here. 
uh, in net for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. And uh, either way, I mean, Delia or Martin, uh, definitely uh, a defense in front of both goalies that has been horrendous, absolutely awful. What was Tyler Myers doing on the one Seattle goal? He throws it right up the middle of the ice and then falls down on the play, and it becomes an easy two-on-o and right in the back of the net for Daniel Sprong. I mean, awful, just horrendous defending uh, by the uh, Vancouver Canucks. uh, No question about that. Uh, So uh, the over to me is definitely the obvious play, in my opinion. I mean, you should see goals both ways. Delia, you know, is going to have to be terrific with that, you know, that Swiss cheese defense in front of them. Edmonton should score in bunches tonight, but I think Vancouver can find a few goals as well. So I like the over, and I'm actually going to do a split bet with Edmonton in regulation and Edmonton puck line uh, in this game because I think they could hand it to Vancouver. It's a real tough spot. They really pushed themselves to come back, find a way to win that game last night against Seattle, and I think it's going to be a tough spot to bring it that way once again tonight against a. Edmonton team, obviously, with the uh, that's been sitting there in Edmonton waiting for this game tonight against the uh, Canucks. What do you think here, Alex? Vancouver, Edmonton. I think this is going to be the uh, pond hockey game of the night. I think we're going to roll it out and just see goals back and forth. And, you know, keep in mind, we do want to check with these goalie confirmations tonight because here's the thing. Everybody got three days off. And a couple teams got four days off. You might see some goaltenders run their you know uh, starters again in the second minute back-to-backs. That's something that I kind of thought might happen with Winnipeg. We haven't seen a confirmation yet. At least I haven't seen one exactly for Riddick, but I wouldn't be shocked if Hellebuck got another night because, you know, some teams just might do that with the, the break coming up. So keep an eye on that. But that being said, Spencer Martin needs a rest. And we kind of foreshadowed this a few weeks ago saying, okay, he's playing well, but can he handle the workload in the top minutes? And it seems like it's kind of breaking him down a bit. Like to so the defensive front, they're not helping him at all. So, uh, whoever's in net for the Canucks here, I think the Oilers will be able to score and, and find the back of the net often. I like the over in the first period, uh, two at plus uh, even money, and I'm also liking the over six and a half. All right, so a double up here, first period over two, and full game over six and a half here for uh, Alex in this one. A good prop game, too. You know, this is one where you could go with some points props. You know, anybody of Hyman, Dreisaitl, uh, McDavid, and Nugent Hopkins continues to just churn out the points and the goals. I mean, Remember, I criticized him for a long time. I can't do it now. He's been that good this year for the at Oilers. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is playing like that high-level first-round pick that he was, you know, a decade or so ago. So give him credit. He's been great uh, for the Oilers of late. Uh, so great prop options in this game. And for Vancouver, too. I mean, I still think that, uh, you know, Mikheyev and Kuzmenko, and look, five points last night for Elias Pettersson. Welcome back to the lineup uh, for him. He was just absolutely magnificent. Uh, in the uh, victory last night for the uh, Canucks. Two goals, three assists, five points. He was in on five, all five actually Vancouver goals because the sixth was the uh, shootout, you know. So all five goals that occurred during the game for Vancouver, Elias Pettersson was involved in all of them. So a terrific night in his return from injury for uh, Elias Pettersson uh, last night. Uh, Melissa, what do you like in here? Canucks, Oilers. Yeah, I'm just going to keep it simple and stick with the Oilers puck line here. I do think that we will get a lot of goals, uh, but I like the puck line as my favorite play there, uh, getting that at plus money too. All right, Edmonton puck line. Yeah, plus 110, small uh, plus price there uh, if you like the uh, Oilers on the uh, puck line. All right, next up we've got Los Angeles, Arizona. Uh, The LA Kings minus 165 road favorites here at Mullet Arena. The Mullet House, six the total in this one. Two plays for me. I'm going to go back to the over well here with uh, the uh, L.A. Arizona game. This is one of my stronger overs as well, probably top five 
this one fits uh, in terms of the over uh, confidence tonight uh, on the card. Um, we know Arizona's played a lot more aggressive offensively, take more chances. You know, defensemen have been more jumping into the play more, I find, offensively for Arizona at home. Uh, and we've seen that during their uh, many of their home games since they've been back home. Remember, 4-3 with Boston over the total, 5-4 with Philly over the total, 5-4 with the Islanders uh, over the total, 5-2 with Buffalo over the total. Finally, their first home game during this little stretch since they were back there after the renovations of the dressing room stayed under, and it was that Montreal game 3-2. Uh, the other night, but I'll say this right now, uh, very, very unfortunate if you had the over. I mean, 39 shots for Arizona, 26 for Montreal. It was actually a good night for Montembeau. Montembeau got the start for Montreal. He played well in that game. I mean, he could have, uh, Coyotes could have had four or five goals, uh, but he was very good in that. Easily could have gone over the total, even though it ended up 3-2. I think this one will uh, go over the total six. And I'm liking the home dog here. I'm taking a shot with Arizona plus 145. I've liked the way they've competed at home. They've got a win against the Bruins, a win against the Flyers, a win against the Islanders here on home ice. They nearly beat Buffalo. Don't be fooled by the 5-2 final score because two of those were empty net goals. That was a one goal hockey game. Buffalo was only up 3-2 with about a couple minutes left in the third period. Then they got two uh, empty net goals, and then the Montreal game they lost in overtime, but they outplayed Montreal, outshot Montreal, outchanced Montreal, and unfortunately couldn't bury the puck in that game, and they end up losing in overtime. So conceivably, in the last five home games, they could be 5-0 and Arizona uh, in these games. That's how well they've competed. That's how well they've played, and for LA, you're off that big-time win against Calgary in overtime last night, 4-3. You blew the 3-1 lead you had to go to OT, extend yourselves. Now you're on a back-to-back after playing late last night. It's not a great spot or situation here for the Kings by any stretch of the imagination. We don't have goalies confirmed yet uh, for this one other than Vimelka projected and Quick projected. I would think Quick is going to start here because uh, we saw Phoenix Copley uh, get the start last night. You know Phoenix Copley is now 6-1? and one? The Kings are now 6-1 and one with Copley and Net. Uh, this season. So, but I don't think they're going to start him on a back to back. They probably go to quick year. And I don't like the way quick has played lately. Probably we'll see Vimelka for Arizona again. So I think this is a live home underdog, possibly with the uh, Coyotes here. Oh, 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 there we go. Arizona plus 145. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Kings and Coyotes. Yeah, this is another game. I like the first period and full game overs, but I'm actually going to go and play that uh, live. Excuse me. I'm going to go five and a half. And uh, look for a plus price with that one and a half. I think we'll be able to get that because we've seen Arizona and LA score early, but it hasn't been in the first 10 minutes. It's been late in the periods. Got lucky the other night with LA and Calgary getting that first period over. I think we cash it here, but I think we get a better price in game. All right. Looking for a live over is Alex here. All right, Melissa, LA, Arizona. Yeah, this is another pass game for me. I do think that the Yotes are potentially a live dog tonight. Uh, it would not surprise me if we do see them get the win. Uh, but also, Quick hasn't played in some time. So we might, you know, this is, he he basically lost that starter spot. Um, so we might see a better showing from him tonight. This is this is a big game for him to, you know, try and win that spot back as well. Um, but as far as overall, just passing on this game. To Alex's point, we can't just assume with these teams on back-to-backs, they go to the second goalie option tonight. There's yeah. going to be, I think, a, at least a couple teams that are going to run the number one goalie back out there tonight uh, on a back-to-back. So maybe we do see Copley again in this game. Maybe we do see Connor Hellebuck 
again tonight for the Winnipeg Jets and for some some of these other teams. Maybe Kemper even gets a start again for a second straight time for Washington. And just keep an eye on this. It's not a foregone conclusion with the three-day break coming up after this for Christmas that every team in the back-to-back is going to automatically start the backup goalie tonight or the other goalie who didn't start yesterday. So it's very important. Of all days, and I always say on this show, it's always important to check the confirmed lineups, the confirmed starting goaltenders right before puck drop. It's even more important tonight because there's just so much more uncertainty going into the uh, Christmas break. So uh, make sure you're doing your due diligence and make sure that you're checking those lineups and those confirmed goalies closer to puck drop tonight. All right, St. Louis and Vegas. Uh, next up, we've got two games left. Uh, Vegas minus 160, uh, home favorites here, five and a half the total uh, in this game. I'm not rushing to lay it with Vegas right now. Uh, I'm not. I mean, they're, even the win last uh, in their last game against Arizona, that game was 1-1 going into the third period. And I know it ended 5-2, but let's not act like that was some dominant victory for the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, that was a pretty close hockey game most of the way. They had to work. They had to scratch and claw their way to a victory at home against the Coyotes. Um, they're not winning games easily right now. And if you look over the last uh, eight games, they're a 4-4 they're a four four hockey team. You know, they're 500 uh, over the last eight games. Their home ice success has deteriorated. Uh, they've lost four of their last five home games to the Rangers, to the Bruins, to the Islanders, to the Sabres. I mean, that win against Arizona snapped a four-game home losing streak at the Fortress there at T-Mobile Arena. And let's not forget the the injuries and the personnel issues they're dealing with right now. Uh, Paul Cotter, day-to-day. Uh, Jack Eichel still on IR. Uh, Zach Whitecloud and Shea Theodore, two key defensemen, still out for the Golden Knights. Oh, and Jonathan Marcheseau has been ruled out now tonight uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights in this game. Lower body injury, day-to-day. Um, so it looks like Braden, uh, Braden uh, Packle and pa- Pavel Dorofiev have been recalled from Henderson, the Silver Knights. Uh, I don't know if they'll be in the lineup tonight, but clearly, look, they've got to go down to the uh, AHL affiliate, get some reinforcements. This is a wounded hockey team right now, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Tons of injuries, tons of key injuries. You're talking about a good stay-at-home defenseman in White Cloud, one of your best all-around defensemen in Shea Theodore. You've got Eichel still out. Now Marcheseau, one of your top six forwards and one of your best forwards on the team out. I think it's, it's dog or pass for me in this game. You look at St. Louis or you look at nothing in this game and the blues are playing a little bit better. And one concern is, you know, how streaky is they're streaky as fuck. The blues. I mean, they, they, they will win seven in a row. They'll lose seven in a row. They'll win four in a row. They'll lose four in a row. And they had won four in a row and they lose to uh, Seattle five, two uh, on Tuesday night. And now you worry that they're going to go back into a funk again and go on like a five-game losing streak because that's the kind of season it's been uh, for the St. Louis Blues. And they have their own injuries too, Perunovic and Scandell on the back end. And the big one is Jordan Cairo, who missed the game against St. Lu- uh, against Seattle. And he's been carrying them offensively. And if they don't have him tonight, that is significant because look at what he's done in the three games before he missed the uh, Seattle game. He had six goals and nine points in three games before his injury that kept him out of the uh, Seattle game. So that's concerning for sure. We'll see if he returns with uh, from that upper body injury. I like the Blues a lot more if he does play, but I still lean that way, and I'll probably pull the trigger at some fashion for some amount with the St. Louis Blues here at plus 150. It's just uh, t- uh, too, too inconsistent right now, Vegas. 
only one and four in their last five home games and way too many key injuries to be trusting of them in a minus 170 price range, uh, in my opinion. What do you think here, Alex? Blues, Golden Knights. You know, I'm leaning with the under, to be honest. I, I want to get confirmation from the Blues. If it's Thomas Grice, I definitely won't be pulling the trigger on it. But uh, if this is a Thompson and Bennington matchup, Vegas has been a monster with the under at home. Uh, no Marsha show. Cotter, who I'm, I'm looking now, uh, it's been updated. He's actually on injured reserve. So he's going he's gonna to miss some significant time. He's been playing well. Marcheseau, of course, has been kind of the heart and soul of that offense. And then no Cairo for St. Louis. Where are the goals going to come from necessarily? Like I said, it, it's it's up in the air if it is Grice in that because he's been letting up goals against anybody. It could be the whole Henderson team could come up, and he probably let up four goals. So uh, the way he's playing. But at a six, I'm leaning toward the under. I just want to get that confirmation in that it would be Bennington. Otherwise, it's a no play for me. By the way, it looks like for goalies here, I'm just looking. We do have confirmations both ways. Jordan Bennington for St. Okay. Louis, Logan Thompson for uh, Vegas. Well, then, yeah, that'll be official uh, under six. Uh, there you go. Official. There you go. So it's a good thing I checked that uh, because you're right. We got, again, there's there's going to be some decisions on goalies that aren't going to be made until right before puck drop, I can tell. Like, we're not going to know with some of these teams until 30 minutes before the game starts, who's going to be their net minder and who's, what their lineup is going to look like tonight. So this is, again, very important. Check half an hour to an hour before the start time of each game if you're interested in getting a bet in these games and you're waiting on lineup info because that's that's how late they could push it here because a lot of teams didn't have the morning skate. They skipped it here this morning, final day before the uh, Christmas break. So uh, that's very important to do that. Tonight would be a great night where books could offer that whole listed goalies the same way they do listed pitchers in baseball. This That would be a really neat option for, for an evening like this. Yeah, no doubt about that. Melissa, how about you here? St. Louis, Vegas. I agree with you, Ian. I think that laying minus 170 on the Golden Knights right now, just based off of the injuries and how they've been performing, just doesn't seem to be the smartest option here. Um, Blues are at the end of this long road trip. Uh, they've gone three and one, only lost coming to the crack. And when they when uh, Cairo did go down, so that concerns me that he is going to be out again tonight. Um, I would lean blues as a live dog, maybe potentially a team total over two and a half here. Um, just in case this goes, you know, three, three or four, two, whatnot. Um, but as far as everything else goes, I'll probably just sit this one out, but would not surprise me again if the blues sneak this one on the nights. That's a good point too in the chat from Jarek. This uh, young kid, they need guys to step up on the blue line. Obviously can't be all Petrangelo. Uh, with Theodore and White Cloud out. And uh, Daniil Amiramanov has done that uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. He's, he's been impressive here in the uh, short uh, amount of games he's played here for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. He scored uh, in the uh, last game for the uh, Golden Knights against Arizona. He's actually got uh, two goals and five points uh, in the last five games uh, for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. So if, if you can find props on him, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't talk anyone out of that for sure. Uh, and if you actually look, Miramanov, to score a goal, there's there's not no I don't see point props on him uh, anywhere. I only see the goal prop market, but it's plus eight hundred at Caesars, and he did score against Arizona. So even though he's a defenseman, you know you put a couple bucks on that it could be a nice payout. So plus eight hundred for a uh, Daniil Miramanov here, the defenseman for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, and he is getting power play time, uh, second power play unit uh, for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. So that obviously increases his chances. Uh, of finding the uh, back of the net. All right, final game now of this massive final day of NHL action before the Christmas break. Calgary and Anaheim. We've got uh, Calgary minus 220, 
road favorites, six the total uh, in this game. The uh, Flames on a back-to-back after a loss in overtime to the LA Kings uh, last night, uh, four to three uh, in overtime. Uh, it was a weird game. They got themselves into penalty trouble early, Calgary, and they never really got to their game. They never really got, you know, enough time at five on five to really get going. But you give them credit for battling back from a three-one. Uh, early third period deficit to find a way to force overtime, get a point, losing 4-3 in OT. That's now five straight overs, actually, for the Calgary Flames uh, going into uh, this game tonight against the Anaheim Ducks. Anaheim's now lost two in a row after that mini blip on the radar, and that's what it was, a blip. As we expect, Anaheim's not going to get on any sort of sustained win streak anytime soon. Uh, they beat Montreal 5-2. They get the game stolen by Lucas Dostal. Uh, for them against Edmonton, 4-3. He's the only reason they won that game over the weekend. And to be honest with you, look, he did all he could to keep his team in the game the last two, giving up 41 shots to the Kings and the Wild. But they couldn't score for him, and he can only do so much. They lose 4-1 to both the LA Kings and the Minnesota Wild uh, in their last two games. Uh, to me, Calgary should bounce back here. But again, with Calgary, it's always a little bit, so they're not immune to losing games. They shouldn't. Uh, we have seen that at times, but they really should get the job done here, in my opinion. So Calgary and regulation would be, a le- I don't, I'm not crazy about this, but a lean to Calgary and regulation. I think like with most Calgary games lately, if I'm going to bet them, I'm going to bet the team total instead, you know, of money line, regulation line, puck line, anything like that. And it is worth noting when Calgary's won games lately, they've done it by scoring goals. Each of their last three wins, they have scored at least five goals. So that's why I say, you know, just take Calgary team total over. You know, if you like the Flames in the game, just take their team total over, which is a nice moderate price right now. Uh, the team total for the Flames is around minus three, minus 130 uh, in this game tonight, it looks like. Actually, at Pinnacle, it's a little bit better, minus 122. So it's not a bad price at all with the uh, Calgary Flames team total over three and a half. I'd look in that direction. I think that's the best way to go. Lean over as well because Calgary's kind of trending that way. And you know I'm on Dylan Dubé props, of course. Goes without saying, he's been red hot. He found the back of the net again last night for the Flames against the LA Kings. He's still tremendously undervalued uh, in the prop market. You can still get plus 300 to plus 330 for him to score a goal. Uh, Even Bet365 has plus 350. He's minus 130 to get a point. And the power play point prop, which is plus 425. Even that is worth a look on Dylan Dubé because he's gotten a lot more power play minutes as of late for the uh, Calgary Flames. Daryl Sutter suddenly loves this guy, and it's about damn time. He didn't play him enough you know, earlier in the season. Finally took this great run of offensive production from Dubé to finally wake up the old man there uh, from his slumber, Daryl Sutter, and say, I got to play this guy uh, more often. And that's exactly what he's doing uh, right now. And he's, uh, he's rewarding his coach, Dylan Dubé, for playing him a lot. Uh, what do you think here, uh, Alex, Calgary, and Anaheim? I'm just going to continue riding what I've been uh, on the last few games. That's Calgary first period over. Uh, you can lay $1.40 here. We've seen them cash five straight, six and one in the last seven. Uh, and, and as mentioned in the chat by Chris Otto, the number one scoring team in the first period. Uh, so, you know, don't, don't uh, you know, make it uh, more complicated than it has to be. I mean, Calgary and Anaheim, this was probably one of those games that they'll roll the puck out as well and see some scoring back and forth. Anaheim can't stop anything right now. Calgary starting to fill themselves a little bit and get some momentum. This is one of those games where they really need to, I think, show up and show out. And For them to get six on their own wouldn't be too uh, far-fetched to ask. So it lean with the full game over, but I love this first period. over. 
All right, love the first period over, and you can't argue with that. Calgary's gone over the total full game in five straight. As Alex mentioned, they've gone over in the first period uh, total in five straight games as well, entering this matchup against the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, Melissa, what do you think here, Calgary-Anaheim? Yeah, I lean with that full game over six. The one concern I do have is Anaheim is either – they're very streaky with scoring goals. They either – you know, score three or four or there's left scoreless or, you know, it's they score one and then you get a five one potential push or a four one. You don't get an empty nether to help with that over. Uh, so I would lean with the with with that, but I don't think I'm going to get there. Uh, this will probably just be a full pass for me this game as well. Yeah, he's been good, Dostal. Of course he has. He's been better than John Gibson and Anthony Stolarz. There's no doubt he's been better than both of them uh, the, the way he's played the last few games. But that shows you how bad Anaheim is defensively because even in the last three starts and Dostal's played very well, he's still given up a grand total of 11 goals uh, in those three games. Uh, you know, so and that he, it's not been his fault though. It's been the Donies uh, in front of him. You know, they just aren't playing well enough uh, for the Anaheim ducks, but look, I, I still think Calgary can get to four goals because again, LA scored four against Anaheim with Dostal and net earlier this week, Minnesota scored four goals against Anaheim with Dostal in net. And Edmonton only scored three, but keep in mind, that that was absolute thievery, larceny, and every other word you can think of from Lucas Dostal in that game to keep Edmonton below four goals. I mean, it was a, it was an inhuman performance uh, by Lucas Dostal. I mean, it's like he was just, he made like Dominic Hasek type saves uh, in that game against Edmonton, and he faced 49 uh, Edmonton shots in that game. So, no, I, I still think even though Dostal has clearly outperformed the likes of Gibson and Stolarz and Nett for Anaheim, that Calgary can still get their four goals uh, against him uh, and the Anaheim Ducks tonight. We'll see if that can be done. All right, good stuff. That is the Friday card. That's the that's basically the NHL season pre-Christmas break. Uh, you know, the, the pre-Christmas portion of the NHL season is over uh, after tonight. So uh, crazy uh, first half of the season. You know what? Since this is our last show uh, before – uh, Tuesday, we're going to be off the next three days because, again, no NHL games until Tuesday. The league returns December 27th, next Tuesday, following the break. So we will be off until Tuesday, and we'll be back with you 2 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday with our first post-Christmas edition uh, of the Ice Guys. Since this is our last show, just uh, ask Alex and Melissa and some thoughts, just some overall state of the league address, if you will. Um, where things stand, certain teams you want to mention. Alex, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I just every time I look at the standings and I see Boston's point totals, it's just hilarious because I realize I'm going to lose that uh, season point total under probably before St. Patrick's Day. It's just uh, mind boggling. But I mean, they've been just a wonderful story to watch and just a fun team. And what a great story it's been, not just for, you know, David Krejci coming back after spending a year in his homeland and playing, you know, in his late 30s, uh, you know, seeing McAvoy and Marshad dealing with some serious injuries in the offseason, coming back and, and, you know, falling right in the line. And, of course, Jim Montgomery, what an incredible story uh, that he's had so far. I think they've definitely been the champions of the first portion of, of the NHL and, and would do reason. I think they're a team that can last. You know, we've seen New Jersey make a good run. We've seen Toronto play well. Uh, you know, you know Tampa Bay starting to wake up a little bit. But I think Boston's the real deal now. They, they've certainly proven me wrong from what I expected to see at the beginning of October. And so you have to kind of give them the crown right now, uh, you know, but it's still early. They still have a lot to do. They still have to stay healthy. That is an, an aging team. 
And, uh, you know, they're going to have their downturn. You know, somebody mentioned that in the chat earlier. They're going to have their struggles like like New Jersey's having right now. It'll happen in due time, but I think they'll be able to weather that storm and, and be a playoff contender. So that's the the biggest takeaway for me. As far as on the on the bottom end, of course, who's tanking for McDavid? Chicago's in the lead right now. Arizona finding ways to win at home, probably not the best idea for them if they want to be in that sweepstakes. But uh, you look at teams like Anaheim and San Jose that are brutal. Vancouver is struggling right now. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, which teams taper off. Like we said, the the old narrative of Thanksgiving being the make or break point for playoff teams that's changed. I think this is now the time where we see the pretenders and contenders split apart. I think teams like Florida are going to start falling off. Teams like Colorado and Tampa Bay with the slow starts, they're going to start rounding in the form, and we're going to see things kind of shape up and materialize because the next big thing we're looking for at this point will be the all-star break and then heading into uh, the trade deadline. Definitely the race for Bedard. And by the way, if you're a Connor Bedard fan, watch the World Junior Hockey Championship starting yeah. on Monday. It's going to be – he will be worth the price of admission and worth tuning in for all by himself coming up at the uh, World Juniors uh, for Canada. That Canada team is obviously going to be the team to beat the tournaments in Halifax, Nova Scotia. wonder if our boy Andrew McGinnis is going to go to – he was actually one of the pre-tournament games earlier this week. It has me thinking he's probably going to go to some of the actual tournament games – uh, when it uh, starts next week. So that's in Halifax, his neck of the woods, and Shane Wright, Connor Bedard. I mean, wow, that's going to be a very good Canada team uh, at the o World Junior starting on Monday. All right, Melissa, you're up. next up. Um, state of the league address at this point of the season. Any team, I'm sure you want to throw something about the Penguins in there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the right? case. But, uh, what do you think? <laughs> I can't come on here and not talk about Sidney Crosby. Like, come on, you guys would have to kick me off if I didn't mention that. Uh, now, I think I think I did a pre-show with you, Ian, on the Pittsburgh Penguins, and the biggest ifs for them was, will they be able to handle, you know, this this last hurrah with Latang and Crosby and, and Malkin? And I think that they've surprised a lot of people uh, just from how Sid is playing and uh, you know, he's playing like he's, he's young again, like 22, 23. So uh, just the, the plays that he's making, you know, the other night when he scored right through uh, Igor, that was just, you know, amazing to see. Uh, I, the biggest thing with that team though is going to just be, can they handle this? Is fatigue ever going to set in on, on them? Um, so I'm excited to kind of see where, where they end up here. Um, as far as other teams, you know, the Winnipeg Jets have been a team that really has surprised me. I think that they've done extremely well, especially on the road. Um, I thought that they might kind of fall off a little bit, but they've proven that they can compete as well, which is kind of why we like them tonight <laughs> as a dog. Um, as far as the low ball teams, I think my biggest surprise is probably CBJ. You know, I thought that they drafted, um, they had a, they signed a couple, obviously Johnny hockey was a big signing for them. Um, but I think you always allude to, um, how Elvis is, has not been the same this year. Um, and I think that the team itself is just kind of struggling. They're, they're not playing very confidently. Um, but I didn't, I did not see them being, you know, dead last as well. So that was probably my biggest surprise. Um, lastly, I think the Dallas stars also have been pretty impressive. Um, you know, new coach there as well. Uh, did not think that they would be able to be scoring as high as they have. You know, I thought Ottinger, we might see a little bit um, him kind of fall back to reality uh, as well. But I think that, you know, the stars are going to make a, a good running here uh, as well. So probably those three. And then 
Blackhawks, I mean, no surprise, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no surprise. The Blackhawks in tough. Yeah, just quickly for me, um, I'm just, uh, you know, obviously Alex said it about Boston. What a story they've been to see them be this dominant. You know, I didn't think they'd be this great. And even New Jersey, even though they've cooled off the last few weeks, what a great run the Devils have put together. I mean, to think people are talking about them as a Stanley Cup contender during that great streak they put together all of a sudden for a team that's been obviously had their tough times the last few years. It's been impressive. And I think the defensive improvement in the Devils has been the most surprising thing. We knew they could score goals, but the way during that streak they were defending, the way they were getting saves from their goaltender, particularly Vanacek, uh, it was uh, very impressive. Uh, and even lately, Toronto's play, because they've done it with defense. They've done it with great team structure, great team defense, even with multiple starting defensemen out. The Leafs have impressed, and although the Leafs do impress a lot in the regular season, they fail to impress in the certain other season, the postseason. And that is still the challenge that lies ahead uh, for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. All right. The challenge that lies ahead for us is finding some best bets to wrap things up for our final show before the uh, Christmas break. A reminder, patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 a month. Sign up there with uh, power ratings, totals charts, goalie charts, daily betting card, and more. Uh, patreon.com slash ice guys just ten dollars uh, per month uh, with that before we get to best bets to wrap up the show though we got to hear from our other great sponsors here at the ice guys and our good friends at manscaped support for the ice guys is brought to you by manscaped our good friends at manscaped who are the best in men's below the waist grooming their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, courtesy of the Ice Guys. Get 20% off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS. That's promo code ICEGUYS, all one word, I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve with manscaped.com. Using the promo code ICEGUYS, you get the Performance Package 4.0. It is a game changer. The Lawnmower 4.0, it takes care of this, among other things. Uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be. Uh, the Lawnmower 4.0, waterproof. Same thing with the Weed Whacker, which takes care of your ear hair, nose hair. I mean, nose hair in particular. You know, I'm getting up there in age, and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue. This will take care of it. It feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes. It pisses the hell out of me. It bothers me. I need to take care of that shit. This will take care of it for you. The Weed Whacker. Uh, make uh, part of the package that you get with your Manscaped purchase and the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You also get the ball toner. You also get the ball deodorant, keep you uh, smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions. This package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better. Slim, trim, that's what it's all about, and manscaped.com can help you out with that. So make sure you take advantage of this. Manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. And use the promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped.
All right, back we are here on the ice, guys. Our final show before the uh, Christmas break. Uh, 215 live viewers, by the way, in the uh, YouTube chat. We appreciate it. Hit the like button uh, on the way out if you haven't uh, done so uh, already. We appreciate that. Uh, it is time for best bets for the final time before the uh, Christmas break. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? I keep laughing at MDR's comment in the chat. But uh, we got to go uh, over the west side. Blackhawks, minus $1.5, minus $1.10 against Columbus. They have won 12 of the last 17 meetings at the United Center. Uh, Columbus, 1-5, the last six against the teams with a losing record. It's uh, bad versus worse, and I think worse might actually be the team wearing red, white, and blue tonight. So give me the Hawks, minus $1.5 to get a home win. That's the best bet tonight. It's not going to be many spots on the Chicago schedule to get a home win. This is probably about as good as they'll have for some time. Chicago, uh, to get the job done, the Blackhawks over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Chicago money line, best bet for Alex B. Smith. Melissa Cunningham, uh, we're going to have, have to have you back on it in the new year at least a few times. Uh, what do you like here for a uh, best bet? Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, and Merry Christmas to everyone. And um, thanks for always supporting me as well. Um, appreciate that. But for best bet, we're going to go with uh, Bruins money line tonight, um, right around minus 110, minus 115. Um, yes, they are on the back to back, but I like that they saved Olmark tonight. I think they get it done and we're going to see the win from them. So Bruins money line. All right. Boston Bruins minus 120 uh, money line against the New Jersey Devils. Best bet for Melissa here. My best bet, uh, we're going to go to that Vancouver Edmonton uh, over six and a half minus 130. Uh, it is my favorite over on the card. It's going to end up being my favorite bet on the card here for Ice Guy's best bet for this Friday, December 23rd. Canucks Oilers over six and a half minus 130 for my best bet here for this Friday card. And that is a wrap from me, from Alex, from Melissa, uh, everybody here that is associated with the Ice Guys. We wish all of our viewers and listeners a Merry Christmas. Yeah. Hope you get what you want for Christmas. Hope you enjoy it with your family and friends. And yes, be safe as well you know there's winter storms just blazing their way through the uh southern ontario midwest and northeast in the united states i mean be safe you know don't drink too much as well drink a lot but don't drink too much, <laughs> uh, that way we always say as well but uh, yeah indulge have fun enjoy your families enjoy your friends merry christmas we'll be back here on tuesday and don't forget let's get bedarted let's get bedarted in here watch the world juniors watch that kid play uh he's very good uh, and that'll be a fun tournament starting on Monday uh, as well. Uh, for Alex B. Smith, for our special guest, Melissa Cunningham, I'm Ian Cameron. Merry Christmas to all from the Ice Guys, and to all, a good night. Mm -hmm.